Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, thank you for, uh, man, we're, I'll go ahead and start off with this. This is a first that we've done since we started the podcast. I am in the studios, and you are on the road. Yeah, I, I thought about that earlier. We, we're, we're having a role reversal this evening where, where I'm on the road, and you're, you're stuck in the studio tonight. But you have pretty good guests with you tonight. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, usually I'm the one. Well, probably past five or six episodes, I've been able to make it in the studios with you. And uh, but usually I'm the one that's on the road and you're hanging out in the studio. So I do have somebody here with me. Gary Wayne, uh, Gary Burris is with me tonight here in the studio. So I'm not all alone. But uh, but yeah, it's first time first time me kind of kind of running the show here on, on 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 my end. But you're headed up to Arkansas for a little weekend of hunting, huh? I am. I I was extending an invite from a group of guys to come up and hunt with them, and it was one of those where it was just kind of hard to pass. So, yeah, I had to had the weekend where I could get loose and had a little something I had to do today early, and then once I got loose with it, I am headed to England, Arkansas. Yeah, I hate I wasn't able to make that. That's with some of our old old Duck South buddies, and uh, man, like I was telling you before we started recording, I think I would rather be up there for the fellowship that you're going to experience than uh than I would probably the duck killing with that group cuz you get you're going with oh uh we actually had him on the podcast oh Scott Sherrod. That's great. Going uh, through with him and Aaron Jones and and Emerson, isn't that the whole crew? That's that is the the ringleaders plus a, a few more the Okay. You know, I had debated bringing the recording equipment up here and doing a couple but we had to get one for the radio show tomorrow so, or for Saturday morning, so it was one of those where it was a, a non-go on bringing equipment and me trying to figure out if I was going to have Wi-Fi service to send you yep. everything that needed to be sent to the radio station. So That's right. Well, we're going uh, to make it all well, we're work gonna, out. We're going to get them all on air here for long, and we oh, talked yeah. about this trip some and, and other stuff they have going on. Yep. Yep. I was uh, – I was planning on doing a little bit of hunting this weekend, but man, we got a line of weather coming in, and it's uh, it's fashionably seventy degrees here in Mississippi, so just a little depressing. Yeah, on the, on the duck side. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna lay the weekend off, and Gary Wayne and I's got us a premier vessel. We're still we're still uh, ironing a few little kinks out on our on our gangster getter. Yeah, gotta gotta get it together. That way we uh we look professional. Yeah, we're always aiming to look professional. Do you have any stickers on it yet? Not yet. The only stickers I have on it right now is mailbox stickers. <laughs> that's got the uh, registration. registration number on it. <laughs> More to come. Oh, yeah. Just, got, we, we, we have named our vessel the Gangster Getter, but we hadn't uh, labeled it yet. We've named it but not labeled it yet. More to come. That is correct. We took it out on the first voyage this past Monday, and it did. It surprised me we got places where a lot of people didn't get so we uh we got boat motor trailer everything and uh i think we got a hundred dollars in it maybe <laughs> but uh it, it gets you from a to b and and uh sometimes c yeah people look at you kind of weird but you can you can sure enough go i think this weekend we was in probably eight inches of water yeah. and it was just tooling right on wrong so absolutely making the mission all right, so we're going back into the Charbro series. We're going coming back for part four here. So we have with us Gary Wayne is joining me in the studios, like we said just a little bit ago, and uh, and we've bringing in somebody that we haven't had yet. Our old buddy Stephen Coffin. Steve, how are you tonight, man? Hey, doing good, doing good. Uh, sitting here in downtown Dallas, uh, watching the traffic go by. And- <laughs> keeping my head low to avoid gunshots so all's good <laughs> almost like sitting in downtown holly bluff huh uh no <laughs> well not quite <laughs> i mean uh you know i was telling my my friend uh you know when i when i go back to dallas i go back to uncivilization when i go out to holly bluff i go to civilization 
<laughs> Ain't no doubt. It's a special place that it is. But anyway, yeah, a little history on uh, how I got brought into the uh, the great world of Charboroughs Landing uh, Duck Club. Uh, in Holly Bluff, Mississippi. Yeah, it was Scott Dunham who couldn't join us tonight. He uh, he and I were actually talking in the Grove up in Ole Miss uh, football game weekend somewhere circa 2009-2010 roughly and uh, I've been doing some duck hunting down there in South Florida where I lived uh, in the West Palm Beach area and I hunted a lot down there the STAs and shooting ducks like crazy down there and I thought well I want to get you know, if it's colder weather, shoot some greenheads and do that kind of thing. And ended up talking to Scotty, and he was a wealth of knowledge. And he says, I do this, this is where I go. I hang out with these guys, and it's right around Yazoo City. And I said, well, that's, that sounds really cool. So uh, followed up with that, uh, started connecting with Scotty, and he said, hey, come on up here, hang out, meet some people, let's go. I'll tell you what what's going on here. Let's go down and uh, go on a timber hunt and walk two miles to get to a one-mile one mile hole. So, <laughs> that seems to be a familiar, familiar thing. <laughs> Scotty always took the uh, non-crow as the non-as crow flies path to get to any any of his holes. So uh, yeah, that's funny you bring that up. We talked about, um, and, and and I want to get your side of it here in just a minute. I'm gonna let you finish on on kind of early days, but we did talk about the uh, the opening weekend in Delta National. I don't know how many years ago it was that uh, that y'all hiked in there to the hole, and uh, like you say, one mile hole, two mile trip, and uh, and then come to find out there was a four wheeler trail that almost went right to the bank of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we we were scouting and hunting at the same time, and I think that's what I still do nowadays is. Every hunting trip is somehow there's some scouting involved with it at the same time. So, you know, you never can learn everything about a particular place. And even on two trips or three trips into the same spot you hunt. So, no doubt. Well, Steve, um, you, you mentioned it a while ago. You, you kind of, whenever we met you, you were, you were accustomed to, to hunting in Florida, but you're from Mississippi, right? Yeah, from Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss grad. Uh, you know, just, uh, was up there at the Grove for a game and uh, hung out with Scotty and uh, he's another one of the Ole Miss guys and and uh, but yeah I grew up in Pascagoula and uh, kind of traveled all around for work and relationships and whatnot and, and uh, bounced around uh, down in Orlando and then down in South Florida for for a good long time down there in the uh, West Palm Beach area and uh, started duck hunting again uh, duck hunting a good bit with my dad back in. Back in the 70s, way back in the day, and mostly duck hunting, and uh, found out uh, by chance the duck hunting in South Florida was just uh, an untapped uh, bonanza that not many people uh, took advantage of, and word hadn't gotten out about how good it was down there. You didn't even have to build a blind. You just take a canoe out with cattails and park your canoe in the cattails and throw duck decoys out. Don't even have to call them, and they come to you. So <laughs> there wasn't any call involved. The, just threw decoys out and you, you shot your limit and you went out in 45 minutes you're done but um it got uh, bigger and bigger down there more people started trekking in down there and it became a destination uh so it wasn't easy as easy to get in down there as it used to be it's all public down there so um anyway left there got tired of living down there in that lifestyle and moved on back to mississippi uh, around 2014 and I still kept uh, in touch with people at the at the camp at Shawboroughs. Uh, I think they invited me in to join up around 2013-14, somewhere in that time frame. And uh, I brought my son up there, and he loves it. And uh, we made quite a few trips and learned about a lot of the WMAs and learned about finding places and hunting ducks and kind of different than uh, down South Florida, but certainly we learned a lot and had a great time doing it and um you know just a lot of fun so um yeah it's kind of brings us up to the present but um had some really good years some great hunts some great times and definitely a good crowd to be associated with and you know we've got uh every year we have 11 12 13 members and um everybody has a good time so 
you know, no complaints whatsoever. Just a great, great time all around and glad to be a part of uh, the group. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, whenever, you know, I think I've probably first met you, I would say it would probably been around that 2000 and I don't know, Steve, probably 10, 11, 12 time frame, something like that. And, I think uh, it was about then, yeah. And, and I remember, you know, you would always bring a little bit different gear than the rest of us. You would, uh, <laughs> you know, and you, I guess you coming from, from Florida, you know, hunting down there, like you just mentioned, you know, bringing a P-Row or a canoe or something like that, and you would bring that up, and we'd all kind of look at it like, what's this guy doing? But it didn't take long to figure out you <laughs> – you you somewhat would have an advantage over a lot of people. You'd you'd bring that kind of equipment that a lot, especially a lot of us didn't have. Yeah, yeah, definitely the the canoe uh, is what we hunted out of down South Florida. I figured, well, if it worked down there, it'll work up in Mississippi and get me into a few places that uh, maybe a motor motorized boat won't get into. So, uh, but nowadays with all these high tech motorized motors and whatnot, you can. Kind of has pushed the canoes to the to the to the back end, unless you're on a budget like me. But um, anyway, yeah, I just learned a lot up there, and uh, quite a bit different. But uh, I think when I was down in South Florida, I got on Drake Field staff uh, down in South Florida because Drake really didn't have a lot of a presence down there. And uh, so I wrote them a letter around 2010 and said, "Hey, I think I can help you out down here in South Florida. You know, you don't see much Drake stuff down here. It's mainly up in Mississippi and." in the south and uh the guy that was running at the time said hey that's a good idea so um probably i'm one of the senior field experts at drake um probably the three or four or maybe just one or two ahead of me but i'm pretty sure i'm up the top at, as far as the senior field experts have been on staff for a long time and, and uh they kept me on board now wherever i moved they just kept me on board and i kept on selling a little bit here and there and some stuff to y'all and helping y'all out and uh been kind of the tupperware guy at the camp for drake stuff so yeah i remember um, back in the day um i think that was probably my first pair of i'm gonna say high-end waiters that i got i remember you you getting us into the camp and i mean i started out with some like uh some i won't call them like plastic rubber type fly fishing waiters and i moved up to a to a neoprene and then whenever whenever you got into camp and started telling us about your you know your Drake opportunity that you were you were presented with, and and what you had to offer there, and uh, I think that was probably my first. I'm gonna call it high end pair of waiters that uh, that you hooked me up with through that, and and uh, yeah, kind of kind of opened us up to to some of the more elite part of the world, and uh, when it come to, to come to hunting gear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I'm still on board with Drake, and. Uh doing well with them and they've got uh, just great products and they keep innovating uh with new things and so uh as long as they want to keep me around i'm gonna hang around and kind of like we all at camp as long as y'all want to keep me around i'll hang around so uh, <laughs> anyway yeah it's been a good ride good times good food oh yeah so was, uh, uh yeah i can't believe it's been been 10 years since uh probably the first trip up there no doubt man that's what we've talked about you know we've we've had a lot of times over the past you know 10 years of of us just getting into it like we talked about on our first podcast when when judd judd pretty much was the i ain't gonna say the originator of char bros but <clears throat> he was kind of the originator of of how we know it and how we got all yeah, our, our group yeah how our whole group got into it and uh and man the the relationships that that we've built through that and you know that's what a camp is and and uh you know meet a uh meet a guy like you steve i think that can only be done through a through a through a duck camp you know yeah yeah that's right that's right so uh yeah um but uh yeah that's kind of where we are now and i try to get over there as much as possible and do as much hunting as i can and uh i'm not the oldest guy at the camp anymore uh, so, <laughs> but that's doesn't matter that's one way or the other that's always a positive. <laughs> yeah. Now, Steve, I'm going uh, I'm going to pick on you real quick. Uh, you kind of hit on it a little bit a while ago the uh the equipment aspect of of your hunting. The uh one thing I'll always I'll, I'll never forget, I guess I can say is is uh the first time you you came to the camp. If I remember right, you were riding in a was it a Subaru? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I had a little, uh, little, little station wagon, Subaru, four wheel drive with a yeah. the canoe on top of it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I well, I, I remember uh, one of the first times I came to the camp. Yeah, it was the first time I came to the camp. Uh, I had a saw and I had the canoe on that top was of it. it. Yeah, yep. We were coming up sixteen. It was me and Joseph in, in there, and we were supposed to meet meet Scotty. And uh, Scotty was going to guide us into the camp. You know, you know, once we got into Hollywood proper and. We were coming up 16, and then deer all over the side of the road, and it was nighttime, of course. And I said, Jazz, I'm going to slow down to about 35, and so I don't hit one of these deer. Well, we didn't go another 100 yards, and one bounced off the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Fre- freaked out. Joseph was, you know, around 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. He freaked out and pulled over down the road. And I said, damn, that's a big dent in the back in the side of the car. <laughs> Just add a little character is all it did. There you go. I bet it didn't so, knock. Uh, I bet it didn't knock the canoe off the top. No, it didn't knock the canoe off. We uh, it was a glancing <laughs> blow, luckily, and uh, so we just kind of continued our way. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good thud on the side. So, uh, well, yeah. if you uh, if y'all go back, Jeremy, I sent you a picture earlier today. Steve, you'll remember this. You called me one time. I was coming to the camp and. You said, I have got a spot. Go with me in the morning. Well, I pulled up a canoe strapped to the top of that Volvo Volkswagen car. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the flying heck are we getting into in the morning? <laughs> and we, <laughs> I took a picture. I pulled a picture off of Facebook earlier, and I was like, that did make the memory five years ago <laughs> when we hit <laughs> that wild adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, we had some good times and uh, still got two of those canoes. And uh, uh, I think the original one that I had, I took back down to Florida and, and a buddy of mine bought it. And uh, he's still using it to this day. So uh, He's still borrowing I've, it. I've only, got, I've only got two in the fleet right now. So, uh, anyway. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have the little motor that you and I tried to run up that uh, that, that one one little stretch of water that afternoon yeah but, I, I do actually that uh that's an old probably 1970s era Evinrude, and uh that motor is probably in, in scotty's storage room somewhere <laughs> up in tennessee because i gave it to him i didn't have room to take it when i moved last time over to dallas and i said hey you got room for this you want to keep it you want to use it and play around with it and he took it He's got it as far as I know, unless he's got rid of it. But, um, yeah, it's probably uh, 1970s era. Evan Rube, no electronics on it. Runs like a top, and we used well, that thing. But it was a little heavy for the canoe, and so it didn't work out so well. And then it didn't. It fouled up in the weeds a lot, too. So. I'd be saying, if you, if you remember on that trip, you and I had put a game plan together, and we were going to take the motor and the canoe, and we could get back where we couldn't get any other way easily we were we were fixing to to make a whole new place that we could get to <laughs> we put that do you there was a dead alligator where we launched do you remember that gator floating I, I we, well we put the motor down and we made it what 15 20 feet before it <laughs> choked up yeah, yeah uh, we, we didn't go far we didn't go we barely got away from the smell of the gator i mean we we had just barely worked our way out of it it was like oh Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't uh, didn't work so well, and that choked up that weed choked uh, little canal we were trying to get down. And but anyway, we tried it. We made we tried to make it work, and we uh, did. And one of the things I remember the most Steve, is I got out maneuvered that day. That doesn't happen that often. But Steve handed me a paddle, and he said, "Here, you start paddling." And I'm gonna work on the motor, and we'll be, we'll have this back running in just a minute. <laughs> he, he didn't quit fiddling with that motor till we got where we were on. Well, he, he had yeah. a game plan for out there. I knew right then. I said, "I've just been outmaneuvered." I, I understand. <laughs> got, got me. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got a little hard headed about that motor. I was going to get it somewhere, and uh, I wanted it to run, and. Uh, you know, it just it was not a not a good place for that type of motor. But hey, you know, you, you don't know these things until you go out and try them. And 
Oh, if you, yeah. if you only knew how much trial it, and error we had out in the failure. woods. It wasn't a failure, but I wouldn't call it necessarily successful either. Well, Steve, no, I was, it, it was a, uh, it was a, you know, you had to, you had to test the hypothesis. We tested, we realized that it was a little bit. Now, had it not been as many weeds in there, it would have been a wonderful. Everything would have worked fine, but I remember the lily pads and the weeds and the vines. Everything that was in that water was just horrible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a pleasant voyage with all, with all that stuff. But. <laughs> I remember pulling up to the camp. I think it was when I got there that it was probably a Friday when I came up. Steve, you actually had that thing. I think it was one of the uh, one of the fifty five gallon drums. You had it strapped on the side. I was sitting there testing it out, tuning on it, and uh, I looked out. I was like, "What in the world is Steve doing over here?" Where you were. You you were getting you were getting your game plan ready. We had it oh, in yeah. that ditch. Oh, that's right. We did we have had it in the ditch. We had it in the ditch right there by the camp. It was oh, full yeah. of water, and it was like, well, you know, we don't need the drum. Come on, let's run it right here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No yeah, doubt. We cranked it up and it ran. But uh, as far as I know, that thing's with Scotty. Uh, I've I've gotten rid of the motorized, and now I've got an electric uh, Minn Kota thing I just ordered and going to get over to the camp and try that thing out so uh yeah me and watercraft uh got some history back there for sure <laughs> <laughs> well steve we, we talked about it on the last podcast well we had we had scotty and and shuttler on here and they they were both there for the hunt we knew and we talked about you being there i want to get your take on it so you know it was uh it was as you had put it the the one mile the the two mile walk to a to a one mile hole and he talked about you know Joe being there and you being there. What? Tell us your side of that hunt that morning. Oh, it was, I, I just look back on that hunt as being a really good hunt. But uh, the one thing that kind of sticks out is that you know Scotty was uh, knew how to get there, and, and we followed him and followed him and followed him, and we found out we were backtracking and going this way and zigzagging and. Finally ended up and got there before shooting time and got some decoys out and made a good hunt out of it. But, um, yeah, come to find out, you know, Scotty admitted it later, like, well, I took the roundabout way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been with Scotty hunting a few times, and uh, he, he's taken some, some some crazy paths to get where he goes, but he usually finds the ducks if he, when, he, when he does. But, uh that's funny you say that. That's one thing I learned at, about hunting with Scotty whenever I first met Scotty back 2000. Well, just, uh, 2000 segue. 2000. Yeah, I'll segue into, uh, into a Howard Miller trip one time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Is that y'all's first so, trip to Howard Miller, wasn't it? This was our first experience at Howard Miller, and we looked at it and we thought, well, you know, it's all trails and four-wheelers go down this trail and they go down to a cell and it's kind of like what we did in south florida so i figured we can do the same thing here well we we didn't we'd never experienced howard miller gumbo mud and uh it was pretty easy going out we uh it was you you and your son right joe yeah it was me me and my me and son me and joseph uh, my son he was about 11 12 and uh he had of course he had waders that were much bigger than than uh him but that's okay um so we, we got to where we were supposed to go but it was, it was a pretty treacherous journey and all in all but we got there and then uh after several side-by-sides had gotten stuck and some of the atvs had gotten overheated and we figured out well this is some mud we've never encountered before but we got out there and uh we were coming back and, and joseph is having a tough time with waders because they were about 10 times the size of the boots or 10 times the size of what they normally are because we catch mud <laughs> he started basically just about crying because he couldn't take it anymore <laughs> and uh, so we couldn't find a ride back to the the uh, check-in spot and uh we had ducks we had a good hunt but we ended up uh i ended up taking my waders off and just walking barefoot through the mud <laughs> because it was so bad and then a tractor came out the trailer a John Deere tractor from the uh, WMA <laughs> and picked up everybody that was stuck out there. Oh my gosh! I know I hunted. I haven't hunted Howard Miller in a, in a while. Well, actually, I got invited on, on one hunt last year, and I kind of I didn't want to go, but he was going with some guys. I, I, Scotty was actually there and uh, kind of talked me into going. I'm like, man, I, I'm not a Howard Miller fan at all, and 
once we got out there, all those uh, all those points of why I didn't like Howard Miller just came back within about I'm gonna say. 200, 200 <laughs> yards of being on that road, I'm like, I know exactly why I do not like Albert Miller's because of this mud. But we killed some birds. Yeah. It's funny how killing some birds just makes all that okay. <laughs> well, it makes yeah. you feel like you've earned them. Yeah. Yeah. No oh, doubt. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Joseph and I had a good hunt that day and a uh, real tough time, but. Um, he, uh, that particular hunt goes down uh, as the Baton Death March of Duck Hunts <laughs> just because we, we thought we could walk out to our unit from the check-in point. But um, Oh, was, y'all, y'all attempted to walk from the check-in station? We did. We did. <laughs> about, about halfway across Howard Miller, we walked. <laughs> and uh, we thought, hey, this ain't too bad. This ain't too bad. And it got worse and worse. And, we, we were we thought we were there, but we hadn't even gotten halfway there. We were well. I don't know. We maybe we just need to stop in one of these units here and hunt here. We're not up to our unit yet. Well, <laughs> we got to keep going, Joseph. Got to keep going. So we went. Well, on Steve, I'm I'm remembering back. You were on the hunt. We were all on a hunt together several years ago over in Howard Miller, and we got out. We got to the tick station. I don't remember. I don't think we. We had very much luck that morning, but when we got to the tech station, we're talking to the game warden, and we look coming up one of the one little road behind us, and there's a trailer without any tires being drug out. Yeah, do, do y'all remember that? Yeah, pretty much. The guy, had, the guy had broke his axle or something, and just said to heck with it. He wasn't sitting there anymore, and he just kept right on dragging it. And came out, and that that trailer had absolutely nothing under it when he pulled up to the game board station. <laughs> it's probably still sitting at Howard Miller. <laughs> well, I remember the game warden just looking at him and saying, "You're good." <laughs> you know, that poor fellow's caught they enough grief for birds, the day. They checked your plug. They checked your license, and he just looked at him and said, "You're good." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you, you've you've endured enough today. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we've had some good times out there. That's quite the unique place, as are as are most places up over there. Steve, but, tell uh, us, Steve, yeah, tell us about the uh, good hunts too. And uh, I'll, I'll touch on one other quick one and kind of let y'all jump in there. But um, one time we went to a timber hole and piled everything in the canoe and put Joseph in there and all of our gear and dragged it out through the woods down a trail and got set up and I believe it was me and Chad and Scotty and, and Joe's hunting this hole down in Delta and uh, we got out there and got set up and Joseph uh, was kind of waiting until daylight. Well, he fell asleep in the canoe <laughs> and uh, me and Chad and Scotty hunting. Three, mil- three mallards dropped in the hole right at shooting time and we took them out and uh it was boom 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 dawn three, three miles down and joseph woke up and he was almost seemed like he wanted to cry because why didn't y'all wake me up why didn't y'all wake me up <laughs> and we said we, we just did <laughs> yeah scotty shared that one with us last time and i was out I, right before you went into that i was i was just about to say you've got to tell us about the time that uh as scotty put it Joe got into a little bit of a frenzy that morning whenever y'all shot those three mallards and he's he's taking his, his beauty sleep over there and and nobody woke him up, said he about turned the turn the canoe over. <laughs> yeah, he got a little ornery about that. If yeah. if I remember correctly, somebody the first time I was told that story it was uh, a couple of expletives got used as, as he woke up and wanted to know why y'all didn't let him shoot them blankety blank ducks. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, he texted his mom a little bit, so some of that fire comes out. Oh! <laughs> All right, on to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> it was it was good hunting hunt, uh, Joe coming up to the camp. He come up, what was that, Steve, about two or three weeks ago. It was, uh, and that we talked about it the other night of how old that'll make us make us feel whenever, you know, Joseph started coming up there with you back, you know, 10 years ago. He's an 11- and 12-year-old kid, and yeah. we, we were talking about it the other night that, uh, 
that now Joseph is 21 and Scotty was like, I think he's about 18. I'm like, no, he's 21. He <laughs> no, said he was 21. I like 21. If I don't make you, if I don't make you feel old, I mean, he's coming around with us as a kid. And now he's a, he's Young a 20, adult. he's a 21 year old man coming to the camp. I'm like, my goodness, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, we came up there and, uh, we got drawn over Musk nine went over there a weekend and, we got an okay spot, not a real good spot, but uh, he ended up scratching out three ducks over there, and we couldn't find one of them. But uh, I think you got a you got a shovel and a teal over there, but that's about what you get over musket on. Yeah, <laughs> good trip, you know. Hey, big time. But um, yeah, he's been he's been enjoying coming up there and talking about going back again. So he'll be back many times, I'm sure. Oh, I bet he will. And Steve, you've always been the one to, uh, you know, to to grace us with some good music when you're at the camp. That's one thing we've always said. When Steve's coming, we're gonna have some music to listen to. Oh, uh, if y'all start playing that bluegrass, I'm gonna hang up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we found, I got I got Jeremy turned on to some uh, some good stuff with like Ray Wiley Hubbard and Snake Oh man, Farm. yeah. Uh, Choctaw Bingo and all that well, good stuff. The Snake Farm, Snake Farm, that traveled around for a long time <laughs> in this group. Oh, oh it, yeah. He still it, rears his ugly head every once in a while. It, 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 it got traction more than I could have ever believed. <laughs> <laughs> it did. That one just stuck with me, man. You, uh, you know, I've always knew of Ray Wiley Hubbard, but never really listened to him a whole lot. And Steve, Steve would just turn you on to some music you you would probably never listen to, but Steve would just kind of just creep it up on you, and before you know it, it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was listening to the, uh, the Steel Drivers uh, early on before uh, their lead singer broke out and became big time. Uh, 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 what's his name, Chris? Uh, Stapleton. So yeah, Chris Stapleton was uh, yeah part of a part of a band I used to listen to a lot. And nobody knew who he was at that point because he was just a guy that sounded like Chris Stapleton. Yeah, <laughs> and he was just, he was a steel driver's lead singer, and they had some good stuff out, and I kind of latched on them, and then he uh, figured out he could take away and make make big dollars, and which he's done. So. Yeah, I'm, I've always got an ear for good music out there and not necessarily something that's played on, you know, country radio. It might be on Outlaw Country on Sirius Satellite or something, but uh, that's kind of how I found Ray Wiley and Tyler Childers and all that new, new country stuff. So, Well, Steve, I can tell you this. The area you're living in right now, up in the dallas Wars metropolitan area, you can find some really good up-and-coming bands and different groups. When I lived in Wichita Falls, I lived in Wichita Falls for about six years. And, man, some of the guys we got to listen to that are now, you know, we heard in the bar room you know, at a very oh, yeah. slinky venue, and now they're playing on stage in most pristine venues. And it was really neat over the years because some of them I, I actually got to stop and visit with and, you know, have a – have a cold one with and and now you see them and they're on the the award shows and you're like wow okay yeah yeah we actually had a chance to talk to uh ray wiley hubbard and kind of ask him about what was going on and where he grew up and what was new in his world and we kind of wanted to design t-shirts with a cobra on them and said hey you ought to do snake farm t-shirts like like this (laughs) it sure sounds nasty <laughs> I, would to, have, to, I would have to buy one. I'm oh sorry. yeah, no doubt. We were we were trying to be the uh, quasi Ray Wiley Hubbard marketing department. <laughs> get, go ahead and get me an extra large. I need, I'm gonna go ahead and put my order in now. <laughs> Tell him we could we can we could market him in an area that he had never heard of. We could bring his uh, his marketing department to Holly Bluff, Mississippi, and it would be a hit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holly Bluff, Liberty. Yeah, no we could we could stretch him out real quick. Oh yeah. We'd sell all six T shirts. Yeah, we, we have <laughs> Mr. Perry build a stage over there and have one of them Saturday night shows. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Steve, just thinking about it through the years, I mean, just the times we've had at the camp together. I mean, Steve, you've, you even set us up a uh, a skeet range one time at the camp, I remember. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, we did. Uh, we put a little uh, skeet thrower out there and threw him out in the field, and uh, we wanted to get Shuttler out there and see how many he could hit and <laughs> help him along a little bit with his duck shooting. So uh, we'll help, our, help ourselves out a lot, too, but... Uh, yeah, that was out there for a little while. I still think we have it going out there. It's just a real spring-loaded little thing. And yeah, I actually saw it. I it. actually saw but, it in the mud room the other day. I think that's it. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, we talked about that the other night. We roasted Shedler a little bit on his uh, on his shooting abilities, <clears> but hey, we, he he can say we've all given him our fair amount of pointers. I mean, Steve set him up a skeet range there at the camp, and you know we we've we've done our best to try to try to lead lead him in the right direction. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. best thing I can say there is he has taken all pointers and criticism very well over the years. He's he's gotten a lot better. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he he really he really has. He's gotten some thick skin for all the, all the stuff we've thrown at him. Well, guys, y'all y'all brought up something right there that I haven't I haven't been to the camp in a little while. But um, is the is the equipment room? Does it still look the same, or is it cleaned out? I would say it has been cleaned out, and it still looks the same. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I know. I know. One of the first times I was up there, we needed something out of there, and that was like an hour's worth of digging around. We never did find what we were looking for, but. We found all sorts of neat treasures that had not been seen in a long time, but not what we were actually looking for. Oh, I did the same thing the other night. I got there, and I can't remember what I was looking for either. And uh, and I stumbled through, you know, old decoys here and there scattered on the floor. And I, I get to looking up on the shelves, and I look at the shelves. I'm like, if I touch this, everything is going to fall off of me. And I find a few things I wasn't even looking for in there, but I never found what I was looking for. I don't even remember what it was now, but it – um. It it was cleaned out, and I think it kind of still looks the same as it was before it was cleaned out. It was kind of it know. was it was cleaned out and placed back. Yeah, yeah. Are the blow up decoys still in there? Uh there's yeah. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still some. <laughs> Nobody ever used them. I don't think. I, that was one of those things I got talked into by Chad Coker, and he uh, he calls me one day and he's like hey man have you seen these inflatable decoys i'm like no i've never seen an inflatable decoy he's like walmart has them on sale you can get a box I, if it wasn't a dozen maybe more than a dozen i can't remember they come with rigs and everything for like 20 bucks i'm like chad it's probably a reason why these things are 20 bucks for this many decoys he's like i'm telling you these are gonna be the greatest things put them in your backpack blow them up when you get there so i I mean, I ended up buying a box. He bought a box, and I don't think any of them ever got used. So they're decorations at the camp, pretty much. Well, they they have served that purpose very well. Yeah, yeah, they've served the decoration purpose quite well. So, Steve, tell us what is your most memorable hunt and the time that you've been at Shaw Rose? Oh, gosh. Uh, I might have to do some thinking on this one, but, uh, uh, gosh, uh, probably, um, probably that time that, uh, Joseph and I went out and found out how bad the mud was over at Howard Miller. Yeah. Um, because it, the, the good, the upside is, Hey, we got ducks, you know, we got, uh, we got gray ducks and we got, uh, spoonies and we got some teal and had a good hunt and, um, <clears throat> excuse me we uh we had a good time but it, we we paid dearly for that good time <laughs> so, it wasn't a free um, good time well worth it <laughs> i mean it was a, it was it was probably the the most um the most uh <clears throat> it was a learning experience beyond belief i'll tell you that <laughs> but, um i think we learned the most about any hunt uh in any property in a short amount of time and uh had to uh overcome and uh, improvise me and scotty talked about the other day steve that you know steve is always the person that he 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 takes probably the most primitive approach to duck hunting you know 
like I've never seen Steve bring a four-wheeler, never seen him bring a bike. He'll bring the canoe. But Steve always manages to scratch out one, two, three, four ducks every time. Steve, why do you think that is? Um, Just persistence and and trying new places and going to places where other people aren't going. Um, You know, doing a few solo hunts, um, things like that. I I enjoy going by myself a good bit and uh, finding new places. And so... They're not guaranteed duck spots, but usually I can I can find one or two or three and knock them down and bring them home. So uh, you know we we uh, improvise and it's kind of kind of give what nature uh, deals deals you. Um, kind of like the recent hunt where I was over at my buddy's place over by Tarsha and on his private lease and we were duck hunting over there and. Nothing was happening, nothing was flying, and then all of a sudden, uh, wave after wave of uh, flocks of geese were coming by, and one after the other, and after the other, and we're sitting in the duck blind. Hey, maybe we can poke at one of them. Maybe they'll come down. Well, we opened fire on a big flock coming by, and two came down. <laughs> so one of them started running down the road, and uh, my buddy Drew had to get on the four-wheeler and chase him down. And, shoot him and bring him back so uh <laughs> you just kind of you overcome uh, whatever you're dealt with and we ended up getting two geese and one mallard and one mallard did the circle around the blind did perfect textbook uh here's how mallard's supposed to come land in your decoys and so uh, it's just you know a little bit of luck and a little bit of just being in the right place at the right time so uh I wouldn't say I'm a skilled duck hunter by any chance and probably the worst caller in the whole camp, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I get it done and uh, improvise and learn from, from every experience. No doubt, man. That's just something that we, we, we've always we've always noticed about you is, is that uh, you probably take the most primitive approach of all of us, but you always scratch a few ducks out. Just, it just, oh, yeah. You, you've just got yeah. that about you. Well, Steve, uh, well, you, you was talking about the calling. Me and Jeremy, we were we were hunting this this uh, this weekend, or was that Monday? That was Monday. We, we was we hunting hunted. Monday, and we heard this hen mallard, and I guarantee you, you sounded better than her. <laughs> she, I don't know how old she was, or what was going on. If she was choking on a, a coot or what, but I'm telling you, <laughs> it was awful. And I said, that's got to be somebody. And we looked around, and it was just. It was a hen over there, and I, I'm telling you, it was awful. It did. So <laughs> anybody out there that thinks they can't call, you can. You can. <laughs> well, well, let me add to this. Steve, if you'll remember the, the Yazoo trip that you and I made where you had the, the kayak or canoe up on the car. Yeah. We pull in early that morning. We get there, and there's two young guys pull up right behind us. And Steve said, well, the hole's big enough for for all four you know they go to one end we go to the other well we kind of got to talking to the guys real quick and they they were wanting to go to the same spot we were and it was like guys there's room enough for four if y'all just want to hunt together and they were like okay okay that sounds good we'll just hunt with y'all so we all head in and we get up go up this it was a bar ditch wasn't it it was a it was where a culvert came under the road and we followed that ditch out and then finally found a main channel and and get out into the world where we were trying to hunt at and the two younger guys are kind of looking at us old guys like <laughs> you know are, are y'all going to do the calling this morning or, or do y'all want us to call and steve looked at him and he said i'm a calling minimalist <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at him like they weren't sure if he had just cussed at them <laughs> or, or what exactly he had just said but i got some tickled and i'm like guys if y'all want to call have fill in you know it's, it's it's okay but when he told them that he was a calling minimalist they didn't know exactly what they had gotten into yep <laughs> yeah so yeah i remember that huh? and we had a pretty decent little hunt that morning it wasn't a you know it wasn't just a bang-up show but i remember we come out with a few and they had a few and yeah uh, it, was, it was a good little hunt they were they were impressed with the new being on top of the car for sure <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah i remember uh speaking of encounters with with other hunters when you get out there and you're going to a hole and 
I remember Jeremy and I were out hunting the hole over close to the Great Oak Hole, and uh, we got set up and everything, and here come four or five youngsters pounding through the, the, the buck brush, and they get out there where we are, and we're shining on them, and they're shining on us, and Jeremy said, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I, do, I do remember this thing. And, and the reply from the youngsters was, we're going hunting. Jeremy goes, not here. <laughs> and then, then, they, then, they, then they huddled up among themselves and tried to figure out an alternative plan. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. And that's what they, you know, I haven't, the places I've been hunting last, I don't know, couple of years, I really hadn't had to had to bother with that a whole lot. But, you know, that just seemed like, that was one of the things that always aggravated me. I know, Jacob, you kind of had a similar experience about this last weekend, but or weekend before, whenever you went up to Panther Swamp, is, you know, you get you get up early, you do your work, and you know you you get you do your scouting, and you find your place, and you get in there two or three hours before daylight, and you get everything set up, and here comes somebody, thirty minutes before shooting time, and think they want to hunt there. I mean, you know, I I don't I don't mean to be rude to anybody, but I mean don't have a little bit more respect for the wood. I mean, this is public land, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. It's been a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was quite quite some time. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we told them they, they weren't going to hunt there <laughs> and they, they, they huddled up and, and, and went home or went, went somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, we, we were, we were strong on them boys pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we did. Now, I think that was the morning and, uh, and you know, it was, it was a tough time and probably all of our lives that, uh, that we, we lost our, our good buddy Pooter that, that year in 2014 and i think that was the hunt i i had to i told my wife you know after that you know after services and everything that that i had to go hunting that weekend i i felt like i i had to go hunting and and steve you actually brought up um a, uh, uh some flowers and we we laid yeah. them on, we laid them on the water that morning and, uh, and i did i did we brought a, a bouquet of flowers and uh we said a little prayer for him and uh and uh, kind of celebrated his life that that morning on the on the duck pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember doing that for sure. Yep, I think we shot us a few birds and we picked up our decoys and and we laid the flowers out there on the water and and we headed on about our way. I do remember that was a that was a special morning. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sure was. But uh, well, speaking of that, we're we're kind of getting toward the getting toward the end of the of the show here um steve this is something we just come up with uh over the last few days actually on the 18th we're going to have a uh i guess you can say a reunion at the camp uh right now we know it's gonna be myself gary judd christian chad scotty we're all gonna go bang some ducks somewhere are you in i'm in i'm in i was actually gonna plan on coming that weekend and uh looking at my calendar right now and uh yeah that would be a, a week from this saturday so yeah yep. count me in all right we uh we're gonna do it man i don't know exactly how it's gonna go down yet we're gonna we're gonna try to up and get do some do some scout between now and then and we uh we're just gonna have us a good old reunion at the camp and uh and and have some good times and and hopefully hopefully bang out some ducks yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great plan for me and everybody else, and hopefully we can get Scotty come on down and uh, get everybody we can. I'm sure there'll be some gumbo cooked sometimes, <laughs> you know, while we're there at the camp. Somebody will have to cook gumbo. So. I may bring the old gumbo pot out. So, Jacob, Jacob, get get ready. <laughs> I stay ready. I, look, I'll tell you this. Now, the group that I'm hunting with this weekend – called the other day and said hey look you know we want you saturday night to cook us a gumbo and i said y'all y'all got the wrong one coming y'all, y'all should you know if jeremy had made it he he would be glad to but i don't cook gumbo and they said well, you cook gumbo like that's not a, that's not something that teaches at birth i mean it's either, either you do or you don't that's right and i'm on the don't list uh so yeah, your your expertise on the gumbo cook was requested this weekend, but they oh, they man. were hounding me for it. Hate I let them down. I hate I let them down. Well, I blamed it on you, so I mean, it, that'll it be worked fine. Out. That'll be fine. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the gumbo pot out. I'm gonna bring everything with me. I got a few ducks in the freezer, and uh, 
and I think that's probably going to be our treat Friday night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook us up some gumbo for Friday night once we get up there and everybody gets get settled in, and we're going we're gonna to cook us up some gumbo. Well, if all goes well this weekend, I'll bring you some from this weekend, too. All righty. i got some in the freezer I need to get, get taken care of, so don't, uh, don't make that the number one mission. Understood. Well, this is part four of Shar Bros and another surprise. I'm going to go ahead and leak it out right now. Part five mm. is going to come from the weekend of the 18th. We're going to do it from Shar Bros. So whoever is at Shar Bros on the 18th, which should be at least now seven of seven. us, I think it yeah. is. And that's we, was, per- we was counting on the way, and we had six. So this will be seven right here. Yep. So And that's going to be pretty much seven of the originals. <clears throat> um, myself, Judd, Gary, Chad, Shedler, Steve. Scotty. Scotty, Jacob. So um, it's going to be the originals. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, that's eight. That's eight of us. Yeah. So we're gonna give everybody uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring the equipment up and record us one from the camp. I'm sure some some stories that we've probably missed are gonna be told and uh and we're gonna have us a good time for the weekend. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I really am. I do have one request. Can we run over to uh to Lake George and record also? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying we may not, not saying we may not ride over there, but I'm not recording from there. <laughs> well, I had to throw it out there. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Huh? Oh man! Well, Steve, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed reliving some of the some of the old times that that you could uh, you could tell us about. Appreciate it, and I guess we'll be uh, we'll be seeing you here pretty quick, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a great uh, ten year ride, and. And uh, always looking forward to, to duck season coming over and hanging out with you guys and hunting in the Delta. And, man, it's uh, just want to keep on keeping on. That's it, man. That's it. Well, guys, that's going to be it for this one. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. With Jacob and Jerry, God bless. Lord, to make you feel alright I got the windows dying I got the radio on